0: Okay, so welcome back to Mike's Leadership Podcast. Um, The guest we have today is Corey McCarthy. Um, Corey, I don't know if you want to introduce some of the leadership roles you have here on campus, uh, things you're involved in, and we'll go from there.
1: Sure. Uh, My name is Corey McCarthy, like Mike said, and I'm the Associate Director of Athletics for Communications. Um, I started at St. Joe's back in 2004 as an assistant baseball coach, Uh, worked in that role until uh, 2012. Uh, in the meantime, I became the Sports Information Director in the fall of 2007 uh, and then from there was uh, moved up to Assistant Athletic Director for Communication and recently Associate Director for Communication. So um, my leadership roles include um, you know, supervising certain staff members and also supervising uh, the athletics event staff.
0: Awesome. Uh, so I guess I, the first question, we'll just get right into it. Uh, how would you define leadership? Like in your eyes, what do you think like the definition of leadership would be?
1: The definition of leadership, I would just say it would be um, showing people the right way to do things or to follow a certain philosophy that has been built uh, you know, using your own uh, belief set and parameters and all those kinds of things.
0: Okay, and you, you talked a lot about well, in your introduction, you talked about being a baseball coach versus and like being the assistant athletic director, things like that. Uh, did you find that maybe you enjoyed one of those roles more than the other role, and maybe why that would be?
1: <clears throat> well, I mean, I baseball was was my life for so long as a, as a player and and then a coach and I never really saw any other, uh, role that I would, I would ever want to pursue until this job came up and just kind of landed in my lap and I was lucky enough to get it. Um, as a, as an assistant coach, uh, I really enjoyed, you know, working with the players, um, seeing them improve, uh, you know, and not just as players, but as individuals and, and in life. Um, but as, as the uh, you know, as the SID and associate AD and all that stuff, we're, I'm still working closely with students, such as yourself. And I don't think I ever would have said this or predicted I would say this, but you know, the fact that I'm working with students in a different way now is more rewarding. Mm-hmm. Because I, as I look above my computer screen, I see the list of all the interns that I've had work for us in our in our office, and it's just so cool to see, uh, you know, those people move on and, and accept roles in, in the field of college athletics and, and other areas and and know that, you know, we helped them or gave them our opportunity to grow and, uh, you know, to see how successful they're being and how they stay in touch. And that's really cool. It's kind of like a team of my own, of our own, right. Megan and I, Megan Dunlap. So I guess, you know, I, I still would say that working with the players, like when I walk by practice, you know, that's what I really miss. Mm-hmm. Um, as a coach, and of course the games, but we're still at the games, anyway. But as a, uh, you know, working in the sports information world, it's probably been more rewarding working with students in this,
0: in this way. Awesome, um, no, I, I, I definitely can see that. Um, it makes sense that working with the interns. I mean, I like working for you. I like that aspect of it. Um, would you say now that you see both sides, being that being like the assistant athletic director? um you meet with coaches and things like that and you also work with the interns uh, in the SID office do you think there's a difference of your leadership style from like us as students versus like the coaches who are more your age is there like an age difference the way that you tend to lead them one way or a different way or is it all kind of like the same to you
1: um it, it's pretty much the same i would say I, I try to treat you know everybody with respect and and you know my relationship with people is probably different than, than maybe others would have with the same person. I feel like uh, my style is more open and, you know, we, we try to try to get some laughs in and, and, you know, keep it loose. And then, you know, also knowing that when the time comes, if there's some kind of decision that needs to be made or if, you know, if something isn't going right, that you're also able to have that conversation and, and maintain mutual respect. So, i mean there are probably some ways that's different when it comes to maybe uh being more appropriate or you know whatever when it comes to speaking with students versus staff members and and uh you know just kind of knowledge of the of the department or you know you don't necessarily open the books i guess to uh to the students as much but right um no, I mean the coaches. The coaches here are also are so great to work with. We have just a tremendous staff, and it's no secret that's why we've been so successful. Uh, we have a, a you know a very experienced staff, and, and the newer coaches are are very driven to succeed. So uh, it's been an easy group
0: to work with. Okay. Um, so like we we've hinted on your different roles, things like that. Uh, in class, we actually did like a leadership pizza. So we picked qualities that we felt that we had, and we kind of broke them up into different slices based on like percentages, things like that. Um, If you were to kind of make your own pizza, what what would you think some of those skills would be like for mine? Let's say like I did passion, uh, confidence, things like that. Uh, What do you think would be on your pizza?
1: Oh boy, it's on some tough one. That is here. Um. I, mean, I would say, yeah, I don't know if passion is exactly the right word for me. I mean, it's, it's, um, so basically asking for, like, characteristics of my, uh, of my leadership style. Right, I mean, yeah. What makes up the pizza, is that what you're kind of... Right,
0: yeah, so like, more? like, it's so like some, like, the big um, ones that people talk about, like, communicate, I mean, like, a good communicator, a good listener, being confident having experience like things like that what are some of those I guess qualities that you think that you would have in your pizza okay
1: um, I, I think you know having done this for a while I think confidence is a big part of it and, and in that same realm would, would be you know problem solving abilities you know in the heat of the moment kind of stuff um, just getting down to it and, and fixing things when they don't work right um, let's see what else Megan, you got anything? What what Megan could describe my leadership? We got a two for one, yeah. This is perfect. Um, um I think maybe compassion.
0: Yeah. I like, don't know how to say it without being like not laid back or like easygoing, but like I don't know if it's because you have confidence in in your leader. I think maybe confidence is a good one, like confidence in your leadership. Yeah,
1: that's
0: good. I think, yeah. 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 No, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I mean, I've worked for you. I don't I don't see really any flaws in your leadership. I like the laid back open style, but you also, I think like Meg said, put a lot of faith in us to get our job done and get it done at an appropriate pace. Um, and obviously, if those things don't happen, that's kind of when you kind of step in and say, okay, it's business time, like time to get going. But no, I would definitely agree with yeah. what you said and what Meg said too.
1: Yeah, I, I have a lot of trust in my staff. Um, but like the compassion part of it i think is is one of those things if i show compassion because i actually have it i don't just show it right uh, when things come up for you guys i'm understanding what your schedules and, and you know things like that and you know i just you know the golden rule treat people the way you want to be treated mm-hmm. and that's basically you could you could say that's my leadership style
0: yep I'll so definitely. that doesn't
1: really you know kind of a weird pizza but
0: <laughs> hey, everybody's pizza's a little different, so. Yeah. Um, there's also a, a big debate uh, going around that we've kind of hinted on. We, uh, we had um, Adam Bradley come to our class who uh, works for the Hardwood Hustle, and uh, he started a, a Lead'em Up program which helps teach coaches to be good leaders and get teams involved, things like that. Um, and he talked about the debate between a natural-born leader versus uh, gaining leadership through experience. Um, And he said he felt that you're only 10% naturally born with being a leader and around 90% is what you gain through experience. Uh, Was that something that you would kind of agree with or do you have a different take on that natural born leader versus uh, gaining leadership through experience?
1: I agree with that. I think that the leadership through experience is, is, uh, is huge. I mean, when I first started like in this role, it wasn't very easy for me. I didn't have the confidence yet. To, to really be able to say, you know, look, this is, this is how we do things, or I have this expectation, you need to meet it. Um, whereas over the years, you build that kind of cachet and, and, and uh, you know, that reputation. So I think that, that's a big part of it is the confidence and, and building over time. Um, and I've seen it in others, too, as, as interns have come through, uh, and been in, in our office for multiple years, how their leadership skills develop over time. Um, I mean, certain people certainly do have leadership skills already. Um, you know, Alex Gutierrez, you, Michael, have, have leadership skills. Um, but I think that, that could also be uh, described as kind of like an outspoken personality where, you know, you're not afraid to, to get out there and, and say what needs to be said. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's over time. I would I would definitely agree with
0: that. Okay. Yeah, I I, I know I personally think how I have that same idea that I think some people kind of just grasp that idea faster, of being a leader and for like it's like learning everything else. Some people are good at math right away. Some people have to work their time up. I think it's the same idea with leadership is everybody can be a good leader, um, if they get the experience down. But some people just get it uh, faster than others. Yeah, and I don't know <clears throat>
1: how you would quantify uh, leadership ability. Um, you know, at a very young age. Right, right. Mm-hmm. by the time we see students, they're eighteen, nineteen years old, and they've had a lot of experiences in life yeah, so I mean if you say you're naturally a leader how how would i don't know how were you when you were three were you leading uh you know big sales and stuff in your neighborhood or i mean
0: <laughs> no- exactly, yeah,, yeah. No, I completely agree um, what um so I guess like someone like me who's looking to i guess pursue a pursue pursue a leadership. Obviously, as you know, I'm trying to eventually try to become an athletic director and you hold an assistant position here. What would be advice that someone like you'd give to me or just someone in general that's trying to get to a leadership position that you have, whether that's being an assistant coach or, like I said, being an assistant athletic director something like that?
1: Take every opportunity that you can to to be in those roles, to gain experience. I can't stress enough that especially when you're younger and, you know, maybe you don't have the financial responsibilities that you will have when you're older. Don't be afraid to work for free. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen people that have passed up opportunities that might've been awesome because they didn't pay enough or at all. And I just cringe when I hear those things. Uh, All of us, you ask any coach here, you know, even Sanborn, McDevitt, you know, Tom, Dan, we've all coached for free because we love it at some point early or even recently um because you're giving back and you are you know gaining that experience and and exposure so anything that you can do be searching out volunteer opportunities um you know and and don't be afraid to, to get your hands dirty one of my favorite stories and you know whether or not eh, it's probably appropriate for this podcast definitely I don't think go for it yeah we're not we're, we're rated pg-13 I think <laughs> um so this is probably about seven eight years ago uh when the field hockey team was still down at the grass field uh it was a conference tournament game and the opposing team uh came over to tell us at the press box that there was uh deer poop on the field and um I said to my intern, hey, Matt, can you grab a, a shovel and a bag and just go pick that up and, you know, do whatever, throw it away or throw the poop in the woods or whatever. And he, like, looked at me like, are you serious? Like, I'm not doing that. Like, uh, really? He thought I was joking or, you know, whatever. And then he, he just, he didn't want to do it, so he didn't do it. And so we asked, like, the next guy who happened to be a kid named Nick Wald, um, kind of a quiet, soft-spoken guy, but really, you know, turned out to be a real kind of a work ethic kind of kid, and he's like, yeah, I don't care, where is it, he went and did it, and, and, uh, you know, he kind of, like, became a legend in Brian Curtin, (laughs) in in Brian Curtin's mind, like, you know, he was our AD at the time, but for many years, of course, gave me my opportunity to work here, and uh, and Brian was just blown away by this kid's willingness in, in, in opposition to the other kid's, like you know, no way, I'm not doing that, so, and that, and now he's a, you know, he's the manager of a golf course in New Hampshire, and, like, he's moved on, in not being afraid to do the little things, the dirty work, stuff that comes up, you know, within reason, of mm-hmm. course, but, you know, that that was one that, hey, if you were the admin out of field, and that happens, what are you, what are you going to do? Right. So, um, it's just stuff like that, I think, you just roll up your sleeves and work and take on any opportunity that comes your way.
0: Definitely. Um. So I guess on that that same uh, level of, just like, like like the advice side of that, um, we kind of already touched on it a little bit. But do you think that like you look back at all the interns you had, maybe not Megan because she's sitting right next to you. But what do you think some of those interns would say about you as a leader? How would they describe you? Um. Yeah.
1: Hopefully, they would say that I was uh, not a micromanager. That I was somebody who, um, <clears throat> you know, I I pride myself in saying this internship is is for you. Like, I'm not gonna make you do things that, you know, you don't want to gain experience in. So I, I would hope they would say that that uh, Corey helped me uh, develop skills in my field or my area. Um, I very rarely try to force things on people that if it's not their, not their thing.
0: Okay, I would I would agree with that. I think that working for you. I mean, I've only been an intern for this year, but working with event staff and stuff, it's kind of like you do it obviously within reason. You do what you want to do, but yeah, I I would definitely agree I'd with be,
1: that. Yeah, it, even when it comes to like event staff and assigning roles, like we it, it, I view it. Like, my coaching experience probably comes into play a little bit with that. Like, you, you recognize talents, and people just kind of fall where they're supposed to be. Like, I know that you, you love to do the, the play-by-play announcing of basketball games. Like, that became pretty evident, but I don't think we just put you on without saying, hey, are you comfortable with this? Right. Uh, so, and then, you know, you took off. Same with people that are doing stats or working the clock. Like, it, those are all spots that are important, and if... If you have someone who's not comfortable doing it, it's
0: not gonna turn out very well. Yeah, no, I would I would definitely agree. Uh was there ever a time um that there was someone that maybe as a mentor or a leader that you looked up to that you wanted to like follow in their steps? And like someone for me, like I look at Goody or Alex Gutierrez, he was probably one of the best leaders I've ever met. Just a guy that told you to get the job done, get in and get out. Um just like a guy to really look up to. I don't know if there was someone like that in your life growing up or even now that you still kinda of look to for guidance or an impact on you?
1: Um, I think maybe my grandfather played a big role. Uh, he never really held like a leadership. We, we ran a farm and stuff back in North Dakota and, and, you know, probably instilled in me and my grandmother, both my grandparents, uh, owned that farm. And it was just a leadership role where it had problem solving, something comes up, you fix it. I mean, it uh, it probably comes from that. But during my professional life, I would say, and it's a hard standard to live up to like Brian Curtin, definitely uh, Will Sanborn uh, you know, these are people that have have been major influences on me uh, when I first started, one of my um, one of my friends the lifelong friends uh, from high school, uh, Adam Grabanski, uh, he, he runs a, a branch for Graybar Electric back home, and so uh, I often picked his brain when it came to managing people and and, you know, just ran things by him and got his advice. So he was pretty helpful. Uh, so, but, uh yeah, not necessarily, you know, one dead set person during a given time, but, you know, I would reach out to Brian or Will or, you know, Adam or, you know, whatever if anything came up that I would not be sure how to handle.
0: Yeah, definitely just pick people's brains, create your own uh, sort of style and see what works, see what doesn't work. No, I, I can definitely see that.
1: Yeah, I think... Another thing to kind of go back, um, you know, don't be afraid to work for like when you said what kind of opportunities. Don't, but don't be afraid to work for people that don't have, um, you know, outstanding reputations in that given field, because you might not have those people accessible to you. I found in my experience, you can learn just as much what not to do as what you can do, as what you should do, and you can draw a lot from that. Because I mean, sometimes. I feel like a lot of people can't learn from other people's mistakes, but if you can adopt that and say, well, geez, you know, this guy tried that and that was awful, like that didn't work at all, and I know why, because I was right there. Um, Those things can pay off in the end, too, and I think I've probably had more bad coaches in my life than good, but I've learned something regardless
0: from every one of them.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah no exactly I've had I know for a fact I mean I'm still younger but I've had coaches where I'm like no I definitely agree with you and there's coaches where it's like wow that guy was terrible he was awful but there are still things you look at whether it's like a communication piece of something or just the way to kind of explain how to get things through to kids um, they do a good yeah, job of that yeah. and you build you build off that and create your own kind of path to it all yeah
1: yeah I think uh, you know oftentimes it might be one characteristic that that they don't have. That if they did, they would they would be one of the you know one of the top coaches. But, um, yeah, that's just the way it goes.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think there was ever a time, whether it's that the position you have now, or maybe when you were coaching, or just growing up, there was ever a time that you fell short of being a leader, or maybe did not hit the mark that you had set for yourself, or maybe you felt that you didn't help get your team to that point, or something like that.
1: I mean, yeah, there there are plenty of times, especially as a younger coach it is difficult when you when you get out of college and, and you're coaching people that are you know four or five years younger than you uh there, there's a lot of you know you can say all you want don't be friends with these people but i mean it's it's really it's difficult you know it, it's a difficult thing because they view you in a certain way and you know you want to be approachable and you want to be that um so i learned that early um coaching like a senior babe ruth team and stuff and and making some some missteps along the way uh, and it led me to like a realization and, and I should mention um, like Guy Lodge and S and Scott Patch were football coaches at Marshwood High School and I worked with them and they really helped me a lot uh, with my leadership uh, you know style I suppose just watching them and being around them um, I used to go to football games and just sit in a booth while Guy Lodge and S was calling like offensive plays and and just being around that was a huge was a huge thing unfortunately guy passed away a few years back but uh, just a big influence in my life I would say but um you know one of those one of the things that they told me was you know you can as a coach you you can start off like if, if you start off being uh harder you can work your way to being easier like you, you can be a hard-ass in the beginning and and then kind of back off as you go. But if you come in easy, it's much more difficult to be a hard-ass later. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's probably a much better way of saying that. But you can't – it's really, really difficult. You're fighting upstream the whole way if you're doing it the latter.
0: Right, yeah. You, you have a coach that's more of a my way or the highway – or be that guy, the my way or the highway to start to kind of get those people to buy in. And then as time goes on, you can kind of let up, let them kind of pick and choose what they want to. No, I wouldn't say do, but have decisions on like game planning or things like that rather than the other way where when you need to put your foot down, it's a lot harder because you've been this so laid back kind of guy that you can't.
1: Yeah, a friend or, you know, yeah, whatever.
0: G- give yeah, give him a kick in the butt to get him going kind of thing.
1: Yeah, you have to set the tone right, right away. So, yeah. And I think here with like event staff and interns and stuff, we've, we've built something where there's an understanding. Like uh, you know, what the expectations are. So there's not too many people that come into this working for us that they don't know anything. Because usually they're referred by friends or coaches, or you know they kind of know what they're about to get into. So um, that's that's a different aspect. It's we don't we don't have to be completely uh, you know dictatorial when it comes to our first staff meeting. Um, there is some you know here are the rules and this is what you're going to do. But we also try to get people to loosen up a little bit.
0: So I guess on that that same along the same lines of that last question is do you think there is a point ever where you would go back and change things or would you keep everything the way it is because things just happen to work out?
1: Yeah, I don't think my stance on stuff like that is it's really like if if you went back to change something, who knows how things would work out, right? <laughs> right. Like, you end up where you end up for a reason, and. and you know, it's so it's so cool to hear like some of these coaches when we do podcasts with them talk about their background and how they ended up here or there and it's like a chance meeting or a, you know whatever and then they end up coaching at St. Joe's for twenty five years and, and you know affect so many different lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, there are definitely mistakes that I wish I could have handled differently, but and it probably wouldn't have impacted my path at all. But I think. Um, no, I mean, my path is so... I mean, how does a kid from Inkster, North Dakota, end up in at St. Joseph's College in Maine? Right. Like, there, there was a, a lot that had to happen <laughs> between then and, and now for that to happen, so I wouldn't really change anything.
0: Okay. Um, Do you feel that to be a good leader, um, communication also, I kind of like branches... Maybe that's not the right way to word it. Um, I guess maybe the right way to word this would be is, do you think that communication is its own quality and as well as listening or do you think communication listening are kind of the same in like that aspect of the quality of being a leader
1: i think they're the same okay i think it's yeah um and i think that kind of goes back to the golden rule a little bit like if you're if you're talking you want people to listen to you and, and vice versa so um and when when someone brings something to you that they want to talk about, you have to actually be present and 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 listen and be able to absorb the thoughts and and give useful feedback. So I think
0: I think they're kind of doing the same. Yeah. Um. And I guess to kind of piggyback off that, uh, do you have a, a a preferred way to communicate with people? I know, like you said, you work in a, a million different settings uh with all these different people at different ages, things like that. Is there a preferred way that you prefer to communicate, whether that's like email, text, actually face to face? Um, is there something that you prefer to do?
1: Um <laughs> well, I mean it 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 can build up from that very basic uh you know, email text. But I think the best way is either pick up the phone and talk or in person is the ultimate way. Uh you know, so many times things have come up over the years, especially in coaching where someone will have a gripe of some kind uh, about their son or daughter or whatever and, and say, okay, well, come, let's let's talk about it, meet me, you know, this time. And and usually it's just some sort of misunderstanding that was never vetted before, uh, and it's really difficult to handle via email or text. Um, so in person and, and by phone. It always frustrates me when I see things that kind of catch fire um, that, would never have caught fire if people had just picked up the phone and said, "Hey, this is you know, this is what's happening. This is what's going on. It, it just can't be done by text or you know."
0: Right? Yeah, you can't you can't see emotions or things like that on a text message, so you misinterpret it. Or it's like that. There's that keen Peel skit where the guy's texting him. Oh, it doesn't matter. You choose what you want to do, and the other guy on the other end is getting pissed off, and like, they go to try yeah. and fight each other and. It just is, it's, it's like that same yeah. idea. It's easier just to listen to someone talk or actually meet with them face to face as even if it might be a little awkward or whatever.
1: Yeah. And that's why people don't want to do it. Like it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, like my, <laughs> my, my wife doesn't like to, you know, order pizza on the phone, which so I'm always the one that has to do it. <laughs> and uh, I just love that sometimes when we go, you know, we travel quite a bit and, and, uh, with, Avery and cheering and, and, you know, we go back to North Dakota every couple of years and she'll, she'll say, you know, if, if, if you can't order pizza by phone, then there's no pizza. Well, if you can't order online, I should say. Like, mm-hmm. hey, what can we get to eat tonight? It's like, well, there's nothing. <laughs> like, what do you mean? There's a phone book right here and the pizza section is like five pages long. Like, oh, well, there's nothing I can order online. It's like, well, I'll call. It's not a you know, but people don't like that. I think we're going towards that, uh, more and more towards that all the time with technology and how things are, are going on. And uh, I think people need to be able to talk face to face or by phone and actually have conversations.
0: Definitely. Um, and I guess the the final question I have for you is and you may not feel this way, I know with coaching it can be a little different. Um, like just taking a coaching class with uh, Coach Cause last semester, do you feel that? leading people of different genders, uh, is there a different way that you go about it? I know, like you said, you work with interns. I know we have female interns who work with us versus like the male interns. I don't know if you have a different way of approaching them or even when you were an assistant coach, if there was a different way of going about it.
1: That's a a good one. I think I I don't have a lot of experience coaching women and um, I know there are some unique dynamics that come up, uh, that seem to come up. But I always look at, I think Coach McDevitt is one of the best uh, coaches, but also maybe the best, uh, you know, male coaching a female team kind of scenario that I've ever been around.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's really, really interesting to see how something can happen with his team versus another one of our teams and is handled completely differently. And, you know... The women's basketball team record speaks for itself, right? Right. Um, but, you know, you, you can't become somebody else. I think there are some different things that come up. I think you can have the basic tenets be the same. Um, do I treat... I, I probably treat everybody differently.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: I treat differently than I treat Brandon Whitlock, who's, I think, in the background there somewhere sleeping or something.
0: He's reading a book right now.
1: Okay. All right, good. Um... But you know, you see that like I treat everybody differently, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter if you're male, or female.
0: Yep. Um. So. It, yeah, and and w- would you put that on like the not like the knowledge you have with that person, just like interactions with them, that you kind of, you might be more like jokingly or get on them a little bit more because you know who they are, rather than maybe you haven't met them yet, so that kind of changes the way that you approach them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I think. Um. You know you. You try not to hurt anybody's feelings, of course, when you're, when you are you know, but it's kind of my style to, like, give it a little bit, and I think I can take it at the same time. Um, you know, but I, I definitely would treat, again, I'll use Brandon as, a, as an example, a lot differently than I would treat, you know, a freshman event staff worker.
0: Right.
1: well, I've known Brandon for a while. I know that, you know, I, I don't think he's a, uh, you know, I don't think he's reading some sort of self-help book behind you as, as you know, because of something I did. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but he seems to take it pretty well when, when we kind of joke around. So,
0: yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that's everything I have for you. So I just want to, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and kind of enlighten me on the way that you kind of go about your leadership and such, because I know everybody does it a different way. So I definitely appreciate, uh, you for doing that.
1: Yeah, cool. Any, any time you need something, let me know.
0: For sure.